I want to be part of some kind of better future that is taking hold of this moment for black and white Australia. For all my adult years, I've been listening to the stories of Indigenous Australians as best as I can. Things like My Place, Keep In My Country, The Fringe Dwellers, Sweet Country, while at the same time taking a keen interest in the white stories of Australia. Gallipoli, Villiers Bretonneur, The Wreck of the Batavia, The Fated Journey of Burke and Wills, Colin Tealy's Son on the Stubble, and so many more. This is a conflicted place to be, this kind of listening. Welcome to Australia. I feel that conflict within now as I see statues coming down and threats of more statues to hit the dirt or be thrown into the river. On the one hand, from the distance of being in the white majority in my country, I can see the logic of those who want to take this opportunity to remove symbols of pain and oppression they have lived with all of their lives. They have done that, I have not. The taking down of monuments to various Confederate leaders in the US who backed slavery and fought for it to protect it and were wealthy because of it seems at the very least understandable. There seems to be such deep feelings of frustration and anger directed at Christopher Columbus, I see. His statue was um, downed in St Paul, Minneapolis and not, not just by blacks but also by Native Americans. The UK, of course, has its own hit list of statues to individuals known to have been very complicit in slavery. The monument to known slave trader Edward Colston was brought down, I notice. The push is on to bring a few more symbols of race-based oppression down in Australia too. So I get the logic, and I, in a second-hand or more sort of one-step-removed kind of way as a white person, can see the point of seizing the moment to bring down monuments to race-based injustice. It seems time to right a few long-standing symbols of oppression, to right a few wrongs. But my question to myself, and to those who are now setting up tools to take a few more statues down and just the rest of us as average punters, how far do we go? This comes most pointedly to me when Captain James Cook is mentioned. His statue was on the Aussie hit list, apparently. He's not on the PN Scott Morrison's hit list, nor is he on XPM Tony Abbott's hit list. Tony Abbott called this bringing down of monuments to significant people in our past as cultural vandalism. It is only that... Is it only that, or is it undoing of wrongs? Is that a white perspective that cannot hear a black perspective, or a needed correction? Or is it a needed correction to things getting out of hand? For years I have read a reasonable amount on the famous Captain Cook, and to the best of my very limited knowledge, and that could be incomplete, I acknowledge that, James Cook, I don't think, was a man really in cahoots with slavery from Africa to the Americas, and certainly not in Australia. However, I get that there was the same kind of slavery in Australia. It was just not African. It was Aboriginal. It was Torres Strait Islander. It was Islander. Aboriginal activist Pat Dodson spoke so well this week on this. I think I heard him say that even if it is true that, as the PM Navy maybe cried, tried to say, there was no slavery in Australia, in the sense that 
slave ships full of African people forced into slavery and bound for the plantations of the US in the south generally didn't stop in Botany Bay or find a place in this country. There were indeed plenty of slaves here. They weren't called that. They were indentured workers and they did not get paid and they had no rights. The indigenous among them were not even counted on the census until 1967. They were often treated brutally and unjustly. They're not Africans. They're our indigenous people, slaves nevertheless. I've no doubt that's true. Wasn't this the backstory of the famous Wave Hill sit-down in 1966? For 70 years the Gringy people had been exploited by landowners, even from as young as age 12. And Vincent Lingari led a peaceful protest, and with the help of white unions, I noticed, and the support of Prime Minister at the time, Gough Whitlam, or Minister I should say, won the right to be paid and treated with respect. It shifted our culture. From little things, big things grow, as Paul Kelly famously sang a little later on. Well, I want good things to grow now. I want to be part of a better country and better outcomes in this moment in this country. I get that there are people of the past who are corrupt and who were a big part of so much pain for the Indigenous and many other people. On the other hand, I don't want to trash our history or load up people of the past who contributed some good things to who we are becoming with our 21st century overwrite. That seems unwise and unfair. Like me, James Cook could only be a man of his times. If we overwrite our history in whatever way, we're dicing up the truth of it, good and bad. And that never seems to serve the future very well as far as I can tell. Yep, it's hard to listen. It is. Especially when the values and the symbols of your own story are being challenged. It's difficult. It's not easy. But I guess that's the challenge for me as a white person living in the lap of middle class Australia. This is a moment to listen even when it's uncomfortable for as long as I can in the hope that some injustices are reconciled and some pain is healed and some new understanding and some new light comes in our community. You can contact me or make a comment at scenicvalleyaustralia at gmail.com.